0: Absolutely, yeah, and that was our goal was to make wearing the mask to school a little bit less scary. And it really does tie in nicely with that core equity of Crayola, which is all of our fabulous colors.
1: Why are Nike's Chunky Dunky sneakers selling for $6,000 on eBay? How did Mickey Mouse find his way onto a face mask? Exactly how did all that Stranger Things gear land in your shopping cart? We explore what makes you click buy on the products that stand out above the rest, thanks to a little thing called brand licensing. Welcome to the Licensing Mixtape, a podcast by License Global.
2: Welcome to the Licensing Mixtape. I'm Ben Roberts, Licensed Global Content Editor for the UK and EMEA. And today I'm joined by Content and Event Director of the Global Licensing Group, Amanda Cialetti. Hello! We're at week three of the Festival of Licensing, marking the occasion with a brand that has been redefining creativity for decades. This is a huge modern kids brand, a household family name, and a nostalgia brand with endless products, lines, and collaborations. Crayola is here to talk about engaging with markets in increasing creative ways. Amanda and I are joined by April Heron, General Manager of Domestic Licensing at Crayola. April, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome to the licensing Mixtape.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: I wanted to talk to you about the core ethos of Crayola. It's all about creativity. Where did the brand come from? What makes it such an important global brand today, especially in this climate?
0: The brand actually is 117 years old, and it is as relevant today as when it was first started. The brand was born through two gentlemen, Edwin Binney and Harold Smith. They were cousins, they were chemists. They made their fortune in carbon black, which they sold to the automobile companies back in the day to make the tires stronger. So a lot of people don't know this fun fact about Crayola, but Binney and Smith, the founders of Crayola, are responsible for tires around the world being black. Isn't that interesting? That is is super interesting.
1: (laughs) I did not know that.
0: They also created a red pigment, a red oxide, which was used to fortify paint. And that paint was being used to paint barns. And so that is why barns across the United States, anyway, are red. Another so, fun fact. Some of the history is really fascinating around our brand and our company. It's just such an honor to work there. These were two really brilliant gentlemen. And, you know, from its start, the black and the red, they were all about color and they were all about chemistry. And so the brand was actually born out of a request from Edwin Binney's wife, Alice, who was a schoolteacher who said, hey, my kids are choking on dust in the classroom. Can you do something to help me? And so they created a dustless chalk and the brand was born. A year later, they created uh, the first safe, non-toxic crayon. So crayons did exist back then in Europe, but they were much more expensive and they were highly toxic. So this made crayons accessible to teachers in the classroom. And the brand at that time was only sold into the, into the class, into schools. So it was really an educational play for many years. It wasn't until the uh, 1950s that it became a retail brand. And, you know, the rest is history, right? It's grown from there into markers and paints and all kinds of kind of core tools. And so our brand really celebrates creativity and innovation. And it's really all about our brand mission is the same as it was when, you know, Binny and Smith created that Dustless Chalk. It's all about helping parents and teachers raise creatively alive children.
2: That is fascinating stuff.
1: I had no, I mean, it makes perfect sense that Crayola historically is aligned with schools and learning, but that insight really underpins the true essence of what Crayola is today, right? Which is to help kids foster creativity and learning in the myriad of ways that they do. But I'm I'm so happy to have learned that. I'm happy to share it. It's like a fact that a lot of people don't know. And in fact,
0: we're going to start taking some of that history and actually using that, you know, we've started as a licensing team. I joined um, Crayola about three years ago, and we're doing a lot more in publishing um, and so you'll see some of these stories being told because I think they're really interesting and fun stories. That a lot of people don't know. And so we're happy to find that kind of avenue to tell those stories.
2: Well, there's that lovely connection there from Binnie and Smith being innovators and chemists in that whole backstory to the brand to the core ethos again, where you innovate, you create new products and it links really nicely into licensing. So you, you mentioned kind of keeping kids engaged and keeping them creative. How do you build an annual strategy to ensure kids are engage with the brand, uh, occupied, creative, and adults as well?
0: Great question. So our core team, we're innovating new products every year and our marketing communication team is really focused on, on content generation. So they create, we have a channel called CIY, which stands for create it yourself. And in this channel, we do two to three minute videos that are released generally on a Friday evening. And it kind of shows Parents and kids, how they can create using our core tools and some common household items can create things. So they're fun crafts. So it's, it's a craft channel. So that's done really well for us. Um, and then we're also when since the t- pandemic hit, we've been creating we have a hub on our website and through all of our social channels called Create at Home. And that was really as a resource for teachers and parents who are trying to keep kids occupied and keep their imaginations, you know, busy um, during that really um, kind of crisis time, uh, you know, March through June. And that has continued. And so from a core business like that content um, is wonderful and, you know, it helps engage our consumer with our brand on a daily basis. And then as a licensing team we've really started to leverage that into our partnerships, um, that content wherever we can. So we're very strong as a brand during Back to School and we've really built kind of a promotional platform Uh, for ourselves as a brand um, during back to school. Um, So this year alone with Crayola, we're working with brands like Kraft and Ferrara and Pepperidge Farm and a bunch of really unique promotions. Um, And I'm super proud of a promotion that we did with Kraft Macaroni and Cheese last back to school where we integrated the content platform and we created a CIY video showing kids how to upcycle the box and the noodles inside to make fun creatures. So like anywhere that we can kind of tie into the core ethos of creativity and and color and imagination, that's really what we're focusing on.
1: Wonderful. You have started to discuss the back to school as kind of the tentpole moment for Crayola in a lot of ways or in several ways. And this year looks a little different. Um, do you want to discuss any initiatives around this year's different back to school and, and what those are looking like in, in 2020? Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked that,
0: Amanda. So we did a very quick pivot as a licensing team in March when we saw that COVID was going to have a more long-term impact maybe than we originally had anticipated. And with the return to back to school, we as a team were able to um, come up with some solutions for parents in addition to our core product line. So our core product sales have been very strong through the balance of this year and we've had a very strong back to school, on, you know, the crayons and markers and all those typical products. But from a licensing team, you know, our our strategy really is to extend the brand into product categories and places at retail where we wouldn't be otherwise, right? That's our core mission as a team. Uh, and so we were able to do a quick pivot and we partnered with, with a few companies, one in particular, Sapara Group on a um, mask program. So we are working, we've sold millions of masks uh, over the past several, uh, several months. Uh, And we really see, we're very proud of that, giving parents and teachers and kids the tools that they're going to need, whether they're going back to a hybrid classroom right now or going back full time or not. We're very happy to have provided that to to our customer. Um, We also uh, did a pivot into hand sanitizer, which was a category that Crayola hadn't played in before. And so we're pleased that that has also launched. And those are some of the items um, that we're offering our customer During this kind of challenging and interesting, very unique back to school time frame. We've also done, you know, face shields and we have now we're doing PPE for the classroom, which like little desk shields, you know, for kids when they get back into the classroom. So
1: really proud of that work. As a parent myself, I do have to commend you on particularly on the pivot to the um, school mask pack deal. Um, the the rollout of the product is lovely, it's engaging, and it's um it takes a little bit of what could maybe be a scary or fearful experience and it and it appeals in a way that lessens that impact, right? But yet still remains true to the beauty of the colors. Absolutely. Yeah, and that was our goal was you know, to make wearing the mask to school
0: a little bit less scary. Uh and, and it really does tie in nicely. With, you know, that core equity of Crayola, which is all of our, you know, our fabulous colors and kids get to express themselves. um, So it's a great kind of self-expression kind of vehicle for them as well.
2: I think that's what I find the most fascinating is you've made kids feel at ease. You've set up these fantastic kind of PPE sections at school to kind of accommodate that. I think I've read a couple of reports that 75% of people look to brands for solutions and things like that. So when it comes to parents, I imagine you're very closely connected with your customers via social media, the channels, uh, like create it yourself. What have they been asking for? What have they been kind of looking to you for, um, during this time?
0: Honestly, I think that they're looking to us for, um, for creative activity. Uh, so I think that that content that the core brand is providing, like we have some really amazing people at Crayola working on that i think that that's been a real um godsend to parents uh during this time when they maybe there's like three conference calls going on and you've got you know toddlers that need something to do so you know you can hand them the color wonder and know that they're going to be you know safe and and um, creatively influenced or inspired uh during that time frame so I think that's what they look to us for.
2: So building on, uh, again, that creative engagement, um, I think when I spoke to uh, yourself and Warren last time, you were speaking about lots of activities and lots of experiences. Now, experiences like back to school is another bit of a tricky subject at the moment because no one knows what's going on from one section of the world to the other. So what have you guys done previously in the experiential space? And what are you hoping to do, uh, whether it's 2020 or 2021?
0: So we have we have uh, amazing experiential opportunities for people with the Crayle experience. So I don't know um, if you guys are all aware of them, but we have five Crayole experiences across the United States. And they're basically creativity amusement parks. So it's 60,000 square feet of creative activity. So there's, you know, anything from melting crayons to just free play and coloring. Um, there's a lot of really fun and engaging activity there. So I know, you know, that has been a core to our brand, and that's important for our brand. And I think that going forward, there will be more in that location-based kind of entertainment area. So we, we are working on some really exciting um, opportunities that we'll be able to share in the next couple of months. But but for now, I mean, I know we we do we have a program with a company called Mad Science, which does after school enrichment programming. So anything from that to other kind of experiences. And I guess I have to leave it at that because <laughs> I'm not allowed to speak too much about it. But there will be um, some really fun experiential opportunities coming for the brand in the next year or two.
2: OK, well, I mean, let's go back to creativity. It's that core driver for Crayola. It's the color. It's the play. It's the world branding, which you can recognize a mile off no matter where you are in the world. How do you inject all of this creativity all the way back from the Binnie and Smith stories to today and introduce it to the product design process, the licensing process? What's your approach?
0: So I think in a traditional kind of licensing arrangement, there are style guides that are created. And we do we do that? Yes. We're absolutely doing that. But I would say that as a brand, our licensing business runs a little bit differently, like since we don't have characters necessarily that we work at with. We do have some characters, but we are not content driven in that sense. And so we really rely on our core ethos of creativity and color, and innovation is very important as well. And so we endeavor to partner with Really, stellar companies who you know, are leaders in their field who also have really great innovation pipelines. So that's like a really important um, component of a partnership with us that we're looking for innovators. We really let our licensees think outside the box and do things that maybe others might not. Um, and and we're also patient. and so we're willing to take the time that's important to make sure that we're making, a quality product um, that really stands
1: by that, you know, that ethos of
0: creativity and innovation.
1: One of the um, ranges I loved from you guys that really leveraged both your color ethos, but also the look and feel of a Crayola crayon was the Crayola Beauty range that launched late last year. I think you guys knocked that out of the park. Are you able to kind of tell us a little bit more about that? yeah thank you so that was a really fun project and i think that uh,
0: the company we're working with crea has done an amazing job really capturing the brand you know we kind of have a two-tiered approach uh, and strategy for licensing we have product that's appropriate for kids and then we have this kind of nostalgia based line for adults and we've had a lot of halo collaborations appealing to adults anywhere from a sally hansen to a clinique and then we had a conversation a strategy session where we said you know what we have a right to be in this space, so why don't we create our own Crayola Beauty line? And so we worked with this great company, Craya, in the UK, and we've developed this amazing line of cosmetic, uh, which has been primarily in the states available on ASOS.com, but it will have broader distribution later this year, time for the holidays. Um, but we're really thrilled about that project, and you know, a lot went into that, like just y- you trying to tie our color equity into the shades that they were developing and we tried to stay true to the Crayola brand equity that has existed for so many years in some of those really cool colors.
2: So how does that change when you move to a product like the Donovan Mitchell uh, sneakers which I am a personally a huge fan of by the way. Um, (laughs) Myself as well
1: they're they're an awesome collaboration. They're awesome yeah. (laughs) They're
2: extremely cool. So you go from beauty to uh, sportswear and footwear which is huge in the collaboration space at the moment. Mm -hmm. Does that change your uh, approach to partnerships?
0: Not really. I mean, we really lean into the partner's expertise in that category. And again, we come back to that equity in the color. So like Donovan's program is really focused on some of the iconic elements of the box. So which also our Crayola Beauty line really leaned in heavily to what we call the serpentine, which is that little squiggly line at the top and the bottom of the crayon. Uh, So you saw that in the tools in the cosmetics line. And you see that also integrated, I think, into the the bottom of the shoe, the tread of the tennis shoe or the sneaker. That was a collaboration with Donovan. So he was able to take those iconic elements and kind of put his own spin on them. Uh, and came out with a really cool sneaker. So we really lean into to the partners creativity as well in these partnerships. But I think those the core color equity and some of those iconic brand attributes are, are in all of our really best partnerships. Those are well executed.
2: Sticking with the products, what would you say are some of your all-time top releases with the Crayola brands? What are your favorite collaborations that prove the rule of Crayola's unique creativity?
0: Wow, there have been many. Um I've only been at the company a couple of years, so I can speak to a few of them. So Really proud of the partnership with Hadad Apparel Group uh, on the children's sportswear line. That product we were able to—we we have two lines with them. One was the um, the the inaugural launch, which was a collab with Levi's, so Kids Levi's. Uh, that was beautifully done. Uh, there was a lot of attention to detail, like all of the inner stitching on the garments had rainbow stitches, and and uh, they used you know the serpentine and the chevrons from the box of the crayons a lot. Um, And then their, you know, their designs integrated the crayon shape into the design, which is something that we've done, you know, quite a bit with partners. They did it really well where they took our color macaroni and cheese, uh, which is an orange crayon, and they put a bunch of noodles of macaroni and cheese crayons into a bowl and put it on a T-shirt. And it was just like the simplest kind of execution, but really creatively done and very whimsical. So I'd say they they went in the kind of whimsy department and the use of color, and they've done a beautiful job, really proud of that apparel line uh, for kids. And also, I think our bath line is also really well done, and we've been in partnership with them for a really long time, and we kind of own that kind of segment of kids' bath play. Um, and it, it started out with crayons and finger paint soaps, and it's really evolved into so many really cool products. They're doing You know, color changing bath bombs and, you know, all kinds of different they're coming out with like paper soap now and all kinds of really cool, you know, moldable soap that you can build things and sculpt things in the bathtub, like really creative and cool and fun for kids. Um, So I'd say those two are two that I'm
1: really proud of. I am promptly ordering the cradle to bath line after we get off this call. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun.
2: So let's talk um about trends mm-hmm. at the moment. So you guys must be extremely plugged into everything that kids are doing, kids want. but it's been a bit of a difficult time as we all know. What do you think kids are going to be looking to to do to achieve once everything kind of retains some sense of normalcy? <laughs>
0: What do I think kids are going to want to do? That's a tough one, Then I don't know. I have teenagers. I think they're going to be excited to get back with their friends and go to school. I think even going to school. I think that elementary kids will be happy to do that. I think there will continue to be a need for a creative product because I think kids will continue to spend time at home. I think they'll spend time outdoors with their, with their friends. I think everyone will be happy to get back to kind of some form of normalcy and hopefully
1: we'll be able to do that in the near future. I definitely do think so the pandemic atmosphere has highlighted the need for that return to more simpler time when when we did use our creative mind and our our hands and mm-hmm. um, create with physically rather than um, through a screen. And while there's totally a place for that uh, moving forward, uh, I for one definitely appreciate the wide breadth of product that allows children to flex those muscles. Um, in more ways than than maybe they were moving slightly away from before because of all the opportunity out there. I think people are appreciating that trend again, the refocus on on the physicality of, of play and, and creativity.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And that can be seen in our chalk sales this year.
1: You know, you can't see, I mean, Ben, I don't know about in the UK, but in the US, the chalk phenomenon is absolutely a trend of this pandemic where children are using their outdoor space, their own outdoor space to create. And it's been, not only has it been a way for them to be outside and breathe fresh air, and get creative with their hands but it's also been a beacon for people on their walks by right the yeah. creativity that they get to see of the kids art or of the family's art i for one was looking for crayola sidewalk chalk for ages and it was sold out and we only finally just got our hands on a on a big pack as much as sourdough starter has been a trend of the pandemic yeah. so has sidewalk chalk. <laughs> I see sidewalk chalk absolutely i know in my neighborhood it's really fun because the kids are leaving messages for
0: people on this on the sidewalk as well like do a hopscotch and they'll put a hopscotch um, game on the sidewalk so you're supposed to do it while you walk by their house and there's been some really amazing art created like kids are using stencils and you see families out doing it so I think that it has I think Crayola has that unique ability to bring families together through our creative products as well and I I totally concur with you Amanda I think that that kind of quiet time at home I think all of us have had an appreciation for that and hope that that will continue into the you know long term
1: I would 100% agree. And I must say that the um, the breadth of colours offered by the Crayola Sidewalk Chalk is very beneficial to the artwork we create.
2: <laughs> so we are at the third week of the Festival of Licensing, whether that's uh, Sidewalk Chalk, which is not something I've seen over here, but it's something <laughs> that I'm definitely going to start promoting around the street to different trends across the UK, Europe, uh, and everywhere. What are you hoping to achieve from the festival? And you know, what are you looking forward to most?
0: Well, I'm looking forward to, you know, reconnecting with some of our current partners and also meeting new partners um, with, you know, innovative product uh, that, you know, that we can hopefully engage in relationships with, right? So across a wide variety of categories. So we're really open to, to new partners and are looking forward to to kind of meeting some of those new folks at the Festival of Licensing.
2: And before we wrap up, is there anything that you can share with us about new projects potentially coming next year?
0: Let me think next year. We have some really cool things. We do have, you'll see some, you'll see things from us in that location-based entertainment space. Um, And then you're gonna see some more kind of fashion collabs. We're working with some really neat people for next year. So you're going to be seeing some of that. And unfortunately, I can't really speak to it. But there's some really neat things. So if we can talk maybe in another three or four months and we'll ha- we'll be able to like let the cat out of the bag, as they say.
2: Well, given how popular fashion and apparel is at the moment, I will be chasing you down for that. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, that's all we've got time for on today's show. Uh, April, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank you so much, Ben. This is really fun. Thanks so much for having me. It was wonderful.
1: Thank you so much.
2: As always, the License Global team wants to hear from you. Get in touch with us at news at licenseglobal.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook to leave your thoughts or just to stay in the loop with the latest news. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to follow us on whichever platform you found us on and we'll be hard at work bringing you more episodes of the Licensing Mixtape. Until then, we'll catch you next time.